This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Well, good morning over there. How are you all doing? Good morning, Shannon. How are you? Hey, doing good, Dr. Hansen. Everybody, welcome. We made it to Friday, and we're excited to be here for another edition of the Warning Program with Dr. Jonathan Hansen and the team at World Ministries International. Dr. Hansen, you want to open us in prayer? The mic is yours. Okay, Shannon. Father God, thank you for this time we have again to get your word to the people, Lord, of every nation. Let it go forth, dear God. Let people be aware. You said without a vision, people perish. Without the truth, we are in an area of defeat. We need to know the truth. The truth sets us free. We know this program, Omega Man Radio, gets the truth out, which has the opportunity to set people free if they receive the truth. So we pray, dear God, that people will be set free today of any area of deception. And what came to me is even self-deception. We reject the truth that can set us free. Let us receive the truth so we can walk in our freedom. Because grace and mercy does no good if we reject grace and mercy. If we walk outside of the blood, just like in Egypt, if they walked outside of the protection of the house with the blood over the doorpost, if they walked outside of that grace and mercy, they became a victim too. We're going to be victims if we don't receive the truth that set us free. We'll give you glory. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I do welcome all of you that are watching and listening to Omega Man Radio watching or listening to the warning program. I'm with a live audience here. I had a dream in the early hours of June 8, 2023, around 3 a.m., I had a dream. I saw a round table with warriors sitting, planning strategy. I also saw a tree reaching through the clouds into the heavens. Immediately after seeing the warriors, Christian, and other leaders sitting together, getting clear direction from the Lord, I knew there was hope. You know, Isaiah 118 admonishes us, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's the New King James Version. Living Bible, come, let's talk this over. Says the Lord, no matter how deep the stain of your sin, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. If you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. Now, I'm not going to go over the whole dream, except for the message to me was quite clear. I could take this whole hour and discuss it, go into it. 
But I also saw in the dream a tree reaching into the heavens, and the tree was named the tree of hope. We need to come together. We've got to bring the church as much in unity as possible. That only comes in truth. Truth will set us free. It'll show you the lies, the errors of man, of politicians, of false gospel. We have to come in unity. And if we can do this, a tree reaching into the heavens, the tree was named the tree of hope. There is hope, there is salvation, there is victory. If we can come together in truth, we have hope, we have an opportunity, and we should never give up hope. When a sick person gives up hope, they die. When a healthy person gives up hope, they go into sickness and depression and death. We should never, never, never give up hope. Today, you're going to hear an interview I did with Reverend David Welch. He's the president of the United States Pastor Council, as well as a teaching I did, actually part three. This is only part one. You're going to hear on the laws of judgment. On my website, worldministries.org, that's worldministries.org, you can watch the other parts. Worldministries.org. Now, I will say very clearly I was at a political rally yesterday. I'm going to be opening in prayer today at a political rally. In this political rally, I'm going to be praying over the Republican candidate for governor of the state of Washington. So this is live. You can pray with me. I'm going to be speaking at this political rally tomorrow. If we can bring them together in unity, politicians, church leaders, etc., there is hope for victory if we can do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we need to go a little deeper into this dream. James 5, 13 through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? He should keep on praying about it. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually be singing praises to the Lord. Is anyone sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they should pray over him, pour a little oil upon him, calling on the Lord to heal him. And their prayer, if offered in faith, will Heal him, for the Lord will make him well, and if his sickness was caused by some sin, the Lord will forgive him. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. Elijah was as completely human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell. And it did not fall for the next three and a half years. Then he prayed again. This time, they would rain. And down it poured, and the grass turned green, and the gardens began to grow again. The meaning of the dream was there is hope if we work in unity. If primarily church leaders were worked together in unity as equals, respecting and forgiving one another, as a round table represents... God will give a strategy for victory. The key is unity and hope. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight for the faith. Keep holding on to eternal life, to which you were called about, which you gave a good testimony in front of many witnesses. James 14, 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Colossians 1, 23. 
However, you must remain firmly established and steadfast in the faith without being moved from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 But since we belong to the day, let's be sober. We must put on the breastplate of faith and love and the hope of salvation as a helmet. I hope you're listening to what these scriptures are telling you. Hope can produce victory if we're in unity. Colossians 1.27, to whom God wanted to make known the glorious riches of the secret among the Gentiles, which is the Messiah in you, our glorious hope. Now, let's get back to Reverend David Welch, president of the United States Pastor Council, and then you're going to hear my part one on the laws of judgment. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Program. Wherever you're watching or listening throughout the United States or around the world, welcome. I have in the studio today with me, Reverend Dave Welch. He's the president of the United States Pastor Council. Pastor Welch, welcome to the Warning Program. It is great to be with you, Dr. Hansen. Well, I just came from a pastor's luncheon and listened to you and my associate, who's been with me 25 years, actually EJ, Dr. Buckhart, also used to be an airline pilot. I don't know if he told you that. He he flew these jumbo jets around the world for 32 years with Northwest Airlines, but he was highly impressed with you talking to you and then as I listened to you. So I, I knew that you understand exactly the situation, the importance of the involvement of the church, and you're doing what you can to get pastors involved. Dave, again, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how God led you into this ministry, and, and what, what's the purpose? What's the goals? Well, I was born and raised in western Washington State in a logging home and family and community, and really in my plans originally were to going to law enforcement. That's okay. all I ever wanted to do. Sure. But God got a hold of my life early on and kind of redirected, but I also had a passion for justice, passion for our country and the love of our Constitution, and then God added to that and grounded that in the love of Christ and realizing it along the way that our citizenship was a part of our functional ministry as a believer, our role of duty here, and that's what really pushed me in the direction of engaging the church on that level. Well, you know, I heard you at the pastor's luncheon telling about you wanted to be in the state patrol, and I thought, you know, this guy would have made a good law enforcement officer. <laughs> but you're in a much more important endeavor right now to try to save America, understanding that it, it takes the church and it takes the pastor behind the pulpit. I give you all credit for that, and uh, I, I'm glad that you're understanding the importance of the involvement of the pastor, the church. And so you, you made a comment. Who was, you know, your first allegiance to, so to speak? We weren't born Christians, but we were born, if you were born in America, a citizen of the United States of America. That's right. With those responsibilities. So, Dave, go ahead, share. Well, it's a simple reality that in this country, and of course, this is an issue today, even a birth, what we call birthright citizenship, uh, that is a concept that's even maybe been a stretched and abused a little bit. But we're born in this country. You're born an American citizen. Yes. And so when you become the age of majority, we call it at the age of 18, then you're handed the, the responsibility and duty to vote as part of our role as a citizen in a country where we self-govern. Okay. 
And because of that, then the only choice is is how we exercise that or whether we exercise that. And as the follower of Christ, we are often told, well, that's not part of the church. We don't do those things here. But it really frustrated me early on in my walk because I couldn't understand. How can we bifurcate that? Uh, I can say, well, I'm an I'm a American citizen, but Jesus doesn't care about that part. And so that's where the, this distinction and the whole concept of the disengaged church and the separation in whatever form we call it as, has pushed the church to the sidelines and abdicated our role and our voice of our own government that God created for a specific purpose. And that is what then led us to realize, look, if the pastors don't have this as part of their ministry priorities in a church, and not the only portfolio, but one of those, then it's simply not going to happen. And that's why we focus on pastors. I totally agree with you. I think it's total irresponsibility. I mean, we're supposed to make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. Jesus ascended. He told us to go tarry and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and go represent me. Occupy, take dominion, rule and reign. You know, I've always thought it was ludicrous to think that you can keep ministry out of politics. How can you do that if we're supposed to make disciples occupy rule and reign? I mean, I'm reading your pamphlet. It's ministry, not politics. Dave? Well, look, Romans 13, if we really dive into it, makes it very clear. It says we are to be in subjection to the authorities. And those authorities are ordained by God. There you go. Now, we know that Scripture, if properly applied, doesn't apply to one specific form of government or leader. It's a universal principle of all times. That's canonicity. So what that means is that governing authority was ordained by God. Immediately following there, it says, because it's a minister of God for your good. God said it's a minister of God. The word there is diakonos. The same word we use for deacon, servant, right? And that means minister. So the whole framework of that particular passage, which is just one linkage that goes clear back to Genesis of this one simple concept, that governing authority belongs to God, all authority belongs to him, as the Great Commission asserts that all authority in heaven and on earth belong to Christ, but that our role as governing of this earth and part of our stewardship is a direct result of the fall. And when we go back to Genesis, the Genesis account, and you know, Dr. Hanson, think about this for a minute. We really get frustrated. We look around our world today, and we look at our nation, and we, we see how things have declined in so many ways in the last number of years. But think of how bad it had to be for God to look at what he had just previously said, this is good, and said, I'm sorry I did this. I'm going to wipe it all out. And then annihilated all of this creation that he had put in place, but saved this one righteous man to start over. But what Genesis 9-6 reminds us, and God's charge to Noah when he restarted all this, was that sin hadn't gone away. The sin that produced all the fruits of the evil that he had just wiped out were still in the hearts of Noah and his family, was going to produce the fruits of murder, mayhem, and chaos. But when never man sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, because he's made in the image of God. There you go. God authorized the death penalty for the taking of human life because that was a direct assault on the image of God. There begins the path of earthly governing. Well, there you go. Yeah, again, dictators like to use Roman 13. But if you break it down, all authority was under a higher authority. That's right. And so that higher authority is God. And in America, we're supposed to make government accountable to God. 
And so if you really understand it, we have a very important responsibility as the church not to allow a government to become God and change God's moral laws. We're supposed to be actively involved. We're supposed to make disciples. And and so I totally agree with you. It's not ministry. It's, or I should say it's ministry, not politics. But people like to say, you know, stay out of politics. Well, mm. I don't know how you do it if you're going to make disciples of all nations. You know, no matter how much we pray, Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to make your government Christian. Uh, he'll watch you die. And he does all over the world. Christians are being slaughtered by evil governments. Jesus comes out at the Battle of Armageddon, removes evil governments, puts in righteous leaders. Right now, it's our time if we want a righteous nation. It's our time if you want to protect Christians from being slaughtered. It's our time. Pray for yourself that you can do the will of God. Dave? Well, what we really have to go back to is the fundamentals and the basics. Number one is, what is the battle of all the ages? And that begins before the beginning when there was a fall from heaven. There you go. When Lucifer was cast out like lightning. And what the battle there was what? He wanted the authority and the throne of God. And he's never let up on that. So what he was given was domain jurisdiction here on this earth because of the fall. God gave Adam all authority to, to be a steward. And because Adam abdicated that authority by yielding it to Satan, and we are now in this struggle. But the, but that doesn't change the reality of the source of all the, all authority. Uh, so from the very beginning, this is the war. This is the battle. And on this earth, we're charged with restraining that sin. Good. We're charged with being the creator's agents Good. to do this, do this well. But so on through the ages, through scripture, after the birth of the nation of Israel, the Abrahamic covenants, the Mosaic laws, uh, God's weaving and building this foundation, not only for the redemptive plan of Christ, but also in the midst of this to provide a restraining nature for us to protect the innocent from the works of evil. And that's where where the, the rules of our laws in this country come from and right out of Exodus. You're right. You're right. I'm looking again at your book again. It's ministry, not politics. Loving our neighbor to being a good citizenship. Once again, by Reverend Day Welch, President of the United States Pastor Council. If you've just tuned in, you're watching or listening to the Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. And once again, Reverend Dave Welch, President of the United States Pastor Council, is my guest. You know, I look at this, it says citizenship is ministry. Dave? Think about it in these terms. The exercise of authority, if it's a minister of God for good, is followed immediately in Romans 13 by it says it's also a minister of wrath. There you go. And it's an avenger. How can it be both? But ultimately, the reason is because God loves people. This is what this is ultimately all about. If I have authority... And I can use that authority to protect my neighbor. And I abdicate that authority and give it to the enemy. And the enemy destroys my neighbor or harms my neighbor. Is that loving my neighbor? The truth is, no, it's not. That's right. So by not participating in the government that, that we're vested with, and in this country, 
uh, it's a real simple trail because in ancient God, self-government is God's idea. That's the way this all started. God and his people speaking directly through the prophets, the judges. We had earthly civil authority through those judges, and we had the, the tribes of Israel self-governing. But they gave it away. Remember in 1 Samuel 8, said, we want a king. Well, forever after that, for a millennia, that authority that was only belonged to God was given to a man. And those kings, as we well know, abused that authority because no man should ever have all that authority. That's right. As Isaiah says, God the judge, God the lawgiver, and God the king. Only God can be all three. But in this country, our founding fathers, in their, in their wisdom and their understanding of history, separated once again and unkinged the king. And one of the battle cry of the American Revolution, no king but King Jesus. Amen. Samuel Adams said in the signing of the declaration, he said, this day we've restored the sovereign. So once again, it was God, people. But people, we give that authority from God to others that we choose through elections to exercise that authority to make just laws and enforce those just laws to protect the life, the property, and the freedom of the innocent. When we hand the authority to the enemy by not participating we're not showing up. And authority is an intangible, but it's a tangible consequence. So this isn't about politics, about, oh, who's in power, who's, is, who's in the majority, what laws can we get passed? This is a simple act of ministerial duty that God has entrusted to us to use that authority to protect our neighbors, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. That's what this is all about, not the, the battle for Republican, Democrat, right and left. Very well said. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministry International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. I have with me the United States Pastor Council President, Reverend Dave Welch. Now, Dave, I look in your book, page four, you have what is a minister, question mark. Well, when we think of ministers, and I, one of the phrases that, frankly, has been one of my longtime irritations, I think we're allowed to have those, you know, but is when people say, I was called to the ministry, or so-and-so was called to the ministry. Now, when you hear that, what, what comes to your mind? Okay, most of us are oriented to think, oh, they're going to be a pastor, mm-hmm. or they're going to be a missionary, right? Or, well, that essentially then assumes all the rest of us who aren't pastors or people that aren't pastors, aren't missionaries, aren't in the ministry, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have been purchased from death by the blood of Christ and set free from that, you are in the ministry. You are Amen. now one of his ministers. So what that essentially means in, is that in general, across the spectrum, we're all in the ministry. Totally. But number two, in the specific area, again, of civil government, the purpose of that authority is to minister, is to be a servant. And we talk about civil servants, public servants. But what that but means is, and I had a pastor who wrote us a letter one time that I used to open our manual that we use for our Institute of American Christian Citizenship. And he said, our charge is to build biblically sound believers, not to force secular institutions like the city hall to accept biblical values. Wow. Now, that sounds very spiritual, mm-hmm. except it's biblically dead wrong. <laughs> and because here's the issue. No, we cannot and should not attempt to force our beliefs and our values on another person. God didn't doesn't do that. It's it's an you know act of His sovereign grace, but our acceptance of Him. But this isn't about that. This is about the fact that what happens at City Hall is still under God's authority. 
And that means that an unbeliever who is sitting in an office of mayor violating God's laws is still accountable to him. Totally. And that authority is still a servant of God to the people. It's just being abused. But ultimately, the ones responsible for that abuse are we the people. I wrote a book called The Science of Judgment. It be used in over 200 Bible colleges. The Science of Judgment goes into the rise and fall of nations, <clears throat> goes into the different moral laws of God. And what happens when we break those moral laws of God, not only to hold an individual responsible, but the nation that condones it, mm. that passes it into law. Yes. God judges that nation, too. We need to understand these things. Like before 1973, homosexuality was a crime. You arrested people for it. Now, they've changed it and call it an alternate lifestyle. But God still holds the nation accountable that makes it acceptable and passes it into law, like abortion. It can be legally acceptable where we used to arrest you for murder. God will hold that nation accountable and eventually judge that nation. These things we must understand. This nation was under Judeo-Christian values. That's what made it great. You remember 11 out of the original 13 colonies, if you wanted to run for office, to be a politician, you had to say Jesus Christ was your Lord, your Savior, and your God. The American Revolution, who led it? Pastors took off their robes. The Black Robe Brigade became the officers and fought for our freedom, again, under God, breaking away from a, a king who represented, again, his own type of God in Britain. So we are heavily, 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 mm -hmm. we're supposed to be heavily involved. And if we've negated that responsibility, that's the reason why America is in trouble. Dave? Well, there's there's no other source of truth. If we truly believe, for those of us who believe that the Bible is the Word of God, for those of us who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, come to earth, uh, born of a virgin, uh, lived a sinless life, died at the cross, rose again, if those who believe that assume certain basic fundamental things, and that is that there's only one source of redemption, there's only one source of truth. There you go. If you cut off that redemption and you cut off that truth, from the very places where the darkness is using that authority to steal, kill, and destroy, what hope is there? There is no other place. No Look, other place. It's not going to come from the Republican Party. That's it's right. not going to come from conservatives, That's right. organizations. Uh, it's only from one place. So it's a real simple question. Is it, the redemptive role of the re rebirth of an individual is the same authority, the same power, the same transformation that is needed in City Hall. It can only come if believers carry it there. Well, you're exactly right. We need to show the, the love of God to all people. Like we said at the pastor's conference today or luncheon, that, uh, you know, whatever, people are broken, people are hurting. There's all types of sin, but we still need to show the love of God. That doesn't mean mm -hmm. we don't preach the truth. We do. Truth brings conviction. That's right. Prayer, and, and we need to speak the truth in love. They know if you love them. A child knows if you love them or if you're abusing them when you correct them. They know that. And so, so do people. They know if you love them. And uh, we've seen all sorts of people in religions come to the Lord, all sorts of people, all types of sin they've come out mm -hmm. of because they know you love them. So you can speak the truth in love, but continue to hold the truth of Jesus Christ. Dave? That's exactly right. And we, we were challenged as pastors when we took on the mayor of Houston on what's called the SOGI Ordinance, Sexual Orientation Gender Identity Ordinance, back in 2014. Uh, a lot of, you know, even other pastors 
uh, were uncomfortable and some outright opposed <laughs> the act of stepping up to the mayor of Houston and saying, no, you can't criminalize Christianity. Uh, you can't pass a law that says it's okay for biological males to use women's restrooms. You can't punish Christian business owners for not doing a wedding that violates their core principles. And th- there, were, there were those that accused us of harming the gospel by standing again for God's truth. When it's, of course, exactly the opposite. There you go. When the truth is, there, the, the, the nature of the gospel itself is hope. Amen. And if we cut off the only source of hope by telling truth, that is the, the way to deliver people who don't know they're trapped in that sin from it and bring the word of God to it, then we're simply acting selfishly for our own self-protection because we don't want the consequences of their uh, opposition. And then the truth of the matter is too many churches and too many pastors are selfishly afraid. They're not, they don't love people. Yeah. They're, they're fooling themselves into that. But, but love means we sacrifice. And we tell the truth even when it harms us, when it puts us in jeopardy, because that's the only hope they have. And by confronting sin and confronting evil, uh, number one, that's showing the love of God brought to the people we're called to love and serve. Now, well said. Again, to know the truth, the truth will set you free. They won't come out of it without the truth. The gospel has to be presented in love, but it has to be presented. And if they sense that. They sense if you care. And we have to stand up for our convictions. It's the convictions that keep us free and keep a nation from being judged by God himself. And so we have that responsibility to make disciples of all nations. We have to represent Christ to the nations. And uh, that is a mandate of the church, is to move in love but speak the truth. And I totally agree with you. It's not a matter that they love. They Oh, I love them so much I can't speak the truth. No. Your relationship with God is so weak you don't speak the truth. You're trying to defend yourself, self-preservation, your pride is stronger than your love of God. Dave? We were asked a number of times, why would pastors do this? Uh, stand up and speak out on issues publicly in different realms in the policy realm. And, and as uh, I prayed about, how, Lord, how do we, how, what's a simple answer to that question? It really does come down to a very simple truth. We are called to follow the two greatest commandments. But the first greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's not to love people first right, right and and how many times have you heard this scripture misused well they will know us by our love and they put a period after that well that's not what scripture says so they'll know us by our love for one another yes they, yes yes yes, it, yes it is the love of the body of christ for the body of christ and our ministering to one another that is the light into the darkness and when we love without truth what that says to the lost world is you don't really believe what you believe because if you won't stand for it and you won't speak it in a way that I don't want to hear it, then what you're standing for isn't something I even I even want to bother with. No, you're exactly right, Dave. I, re- I remember, like I said, one of my people on my staff now since 1998 used to be a Buddhist uh, medical uh, dentist. And uh, uh, when, when he became... A Christian is because he watched uh, the real life of, of, of using the power of God to set people free, opened his eyes, cast demons out of him. But he went back to all of his Christian friends that came to his dentist for treatment by him, and he was upset. He said, why didn't you tell me about Jesus? You sat in my chair for 10 years, and you never once told me. Hmm. Think about that, Ouch. Dave. 
Think about that. Yeah. And what if what if his life would have ended during that time? That's why he was upset. Yeah. You know this Jesus and you never told me. Right. Wow. Well, and, and see, that really the essence. Why do we get involved in the act of governance and public policy and all this? It's because we are compelled to share the gospel of truth in every arena of our lives that we're to be a reflection of him. And when, and, and there, but I'll tell you something. If you want to find a place of there's a dark mission field, go down to the state capitol. <laughs> I have. Okay. <laughs> go to City Hall. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of darkness there. And, and those who have spiritual discernment, you can feel that darkness. The battle's raging there. Yeah, totally. And so the issue is the gospel of truth that can bring hope to the hurting and, and, and uh, healing to the broken is starting with the very premise that there is absolute truth. And that absolute truth isn't something we get to make up on our own. That's it right. It comes from the word of God. Totally. And he created male, female, created the union of marriage, created the concept of multiplication, that we are co-creators with him to produce children. We're to raise those children in the fear of him to do the same. He created That's them male plan. and female, not 74 other genders. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this warning program today. I've had Reverend Dave Welch, president of the United States Pastor Council with me. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International and the Eagle Saving Nations. Please go on my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations as we try to bring another great awakening to America and around the world. Stop the tyranny and let the Christians live in freedom. May God richly bless you. Dave, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for inviting me. God bless you. I want to welcome all of you that have tuned in to the warning program. Wherever you're watching throughout the United States or around the world, welcome. Also, to those that are listening on our radio or shortwave program. We're in the chapel at World Ministries International. It is a live audience with children. I'm going to talk about the laws of judgment. The laws of judgment. Do you understand what's going on today in the world? Do you realize why everything seems to be upside down? This is not the America I grew up in. Do you understand what's going on? Do you understand why nations topple? Do you understand the word judgment? We are coming under a period, and it's already begun, where America is coming under judgment. Nations all over the world have come under judgment. Many of them no longer exist. The science of judgment. I wrote a book on that. You need to order it. At the end of this program, you're going to be able to see the promo for that book, and I want you to order it. The science of judgment. I know in Washington State, I just did a program with a politician and they passed a very horrific, immoral law where again, if your child, young adult, teenager, grade school, would make a comment like I, if he's a boy, I think I'm a girl or vice versa. And they realize they child belongs to Christian parents, if they think the child will not get the support of the Christian parents, they can kidnap your child, take it away to some place, you won't know where it is, you can't get the child back, and they can do a sex operation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this sounds like pure communism. This is not America. 
not that I grew up in. This seems to be totally unconstitutional against all your rights, but we're in lawlessness. We're coming under judgment. As with all rules or laws from God, whether it's gravity, electricity, momentum, mathematics, cancer, etc., they are always true. Rules, laws control the orbits of the planets, the movement of the electrons, the behavior of chemical substances, etc. The rule or law cannot be made up by man. It must be discovered. Sir Isaac Newton did not make up the law of gravity. He discovered the law. He then wrote down an equation expressing how the law operates. We need to understand the laws, the rules of design for prophecy and judgment. Once we understand these God-given laws, we can ignore then denominational approval or, and just accept the facts based on the science of judgment and prophecy. Yes, today you have all sorts of teachings in some seminaries that don't relate it anymore to the biblical truths found in the Bible, and they teach their own slant on what they want to see or hear, what they want to be socially progressive. We're in heresy today. In this, we can be seekers of truth, for only truth makes up the law of judgment. Again, we must understand God-given laws and ignore people's prejudice, whether it comes in the form of people or seminaries, denominations, churches. Half of the churches in America are under the Federal Council of Churches. That's a Marxist-Communist covering. Half of them, mainline churches, no longer deal with sin. If you don't longer deal with sin, how do you have repentance? If you don't have repentance, judgment is certain. They go along with sins of abomination, like abortion, homosexuality. They'll even ordain them as priests. They'll even have drag queens come into their churches. This is sheer heresy. This brings judgment. Mathematics, 2 plus 2 is 4 whether a student agrees or not. It doesn't matter. I heard some nonsense that 2 plus 2 might not be 4 anymore. It might be 5. That you're saying 2 plus 2 is 4 is racist. What kind of ludicrous understanding and behavior is this and mentality? Are we a nation of science or a nation of nuts? Where we turn everything upside down and it doesn't matter on facts or science. It's what the warped mentality of a person wants to make it. Do you realize that in 1973 and before that, if you were a homosexual, you'd be arrested for sodomy because it was under Judeo-Christian values, which made this nation great? The Bible is what conformed the laws of the nation. They understood that not only the person was judged, but the nation that tolerates it. If there is consistent interpretation of prophecy that follows God's laws of design, then whether one is a member of a certain denomination or not, the outcome remains the same. When it comes to judgment and prophecy, personal beliefs, denominational teachings have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. In Noah's day, most people denied that the flood was coming. Guess what? It came anyway. It didn't matter about the mockers that mocked for over a hundred years. Their denials and refusals to listen to the laws and conditions of God concerning judgment did not stop the science of judgment. 
a monkey in a cage for 2,000 years and it still comes out a monkey. Doesn't turn into a human? What kind of ridiculous mentality is this? Darwin, Freud, the inevitable happened anyway as it always does in the law or rule designed by God. The flood came anyway. People try and make the covenant between God and Israel exclusive as they attempt to make the God of the Old Testament different than the God of the New Testament. Yet Jesus said he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3.6, Hebrews 1, 10-12. The Bible tells us that God is not a respecter of persons. Colossians 3.25. The promises offered by the covenant are not exclusive to the Jews. They are available to whosoever will, according to Galatians 3, 28 through 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek, Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, the covenant of God. Genesis 17, 2 through 7, And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thee and thy seed after thee, and in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after. Abraham was not identified as a Jew or a Gentile at this point. Do you realize that? At this point, there was no Jewish nation. He was a friend of God because he lived by faith. The Pharisees tried to tell Jesus that the Jews were God's people because of Abraham. But Jesus denied that claim. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. John 8, 39. Faith is simply submitting one's will to the will of God and obeying the scriptures. God wanted a nation of people of Abraham's character which were willing to become what God wanted. For a time, the direct descendants of Abraham and Sarah became Israelites. Although Abraham's descendants today are both Jew and Gentile. We're grafted in if you're a believer. doesn't matter if you're a Jew. But also remember that Israel's covenant election was unconditional. Please read Deuteronomy chapters 7 through 9. God wanted and warned dogmatically that if they disobeyed the conditions of the covenant, then God would reject them. Please read again Deuteronomy chapter 28. The Israelites not only violated God's covenant, they did not live up to the terms of being trustees of the covenant. For this reason, God's mercy and grace turned into anger and wrath, and he turned and sent them a into a Babylonian captivity because they broke the covenant 
and continued to break it and did not repent. Second Chronicles 36, 16. But they mocked the messages of God and despised his words, misused his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Ephesians 2, 11 through 19 tells us clearly that the Jews today are not exclusive owners and benefactors of the Abrahamic covenant. Wherefore, remember that you, in being time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcised, but that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both and hath broken down the middle wall partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both God and body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh for though, and through him, we both have access by one spirit unto God. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. We are fellow citizens. I just came from Israel. I was in the Knesset, the Christian Jewish Allies Caucus. And it's called the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. Jews and Gentiles working to bring peace together, justice, because we are really one. We are one covenant. There's one covenant. We're really one family. Note, Genesis 17, God calls the covenant his covenant nine times. In reality, God's covenant is an everlasting covenant with mankind. It was placed in trust with Abraham with conditions. And everything, God's everlasting covenant with mankind always has conditions. If you're a father, if you're a mother, you have conditions whether your children growing up can have favors, maybe candy, maybe to go outside and play. There's conditions. If they're bad, they don't get what they want. They might get a penalty instead. They might get a timeout. Their bottom might become hot. If you will be my people, I will be your God. If you obey then, but if you disobey then. If you do this, then. If you do that, then. Blessings or penalties. Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 28, 1 through 20. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. If. That's the big condition. And all these blessings shall come to thee 
and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of thy God. There's that word if again. But shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall thou be the fruit of the womb. Blessed shall thou be of the ground. Blessed is the fruit of the cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of the sheep. They're blessed if you obey my covenant, my word, my laws. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when you come in and when you go out. The Lord shall cause thee, thine enemies that rise up against thee, to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before you seven ways. How will this happen if you obey the Lord your God? The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in thy storehouses and in all thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God gives you. The Lord shall establish thee as an holy people with himself as he has sworn unto thee if you keep his commandments. That's the key. If you keep his commandments. If you keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. They will see that the children of God are blessed. They don't see it right now. Why? Because we're not keeping his commandments for the most part. I don't care. Jew or Gentile. The church in America is totally dysfunctional. They're in sin. They're in idolatry. They're calling themselves bishop and they're engaged in every form of immorality. Whether it's sex, some countries they even put up groves and idols. We're not keeping his commandments and we're not blessed. And the nation is falling apart because the church is a mess. Yes. If you keep my commandments, thou shalt establish ye as a holy people unto yourself, as he has sworn unto thee. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, it's always if. And all the people of the earth shall see thou art called by the name of the Lord and thou shall be afraid and they will be afraid of you. They will be afraid of you because your God will fight for you. Amen. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of the ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open up thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Wow! Did you hear that? We are so in debt right now. It says you will lend and not borrow. We're borrowing! We're on the verge of bankruptcy. We're on the verge of collapse. Because we are totally immoral as a nation. When we can kidnap children from their parents, give them a sex operation, never tell their parents, that's Germany all over again. <laughs> Says, if you keep my commandments, you'll lend to the nations. Thou shalt not borrow. The Lord will make thee the head, not the tail. We're becoming the tail. Thou shalt be above, thou shalt not be beneath, if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day to observe and to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right or the left, to go after other gods or to serve them. You know, there is only one God, there's not many gods. There's many false gods, many demons, many principalities, powers of darkness. Many religions, 
The United Nations made a comment. I, I read it in, in their religious meetings. If you believe there is only one God, you're not authentically human. And is it wrong to kill someone who is not authentically human? Do you understand they're coming against the church, the Christians all over the world? And if they put together this new world order, if they collapse America, you are the target. Unless you compromise your faith. And then you're the target of the real God for eternal judgment. I command you don't turn to the right or the left. It will come to pass if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to observe all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses will come upon you. Cursed shall be thou in the city, cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall thy basket and thy store. Wow! Our crops are dying up. They're not growing anymore because of what we've done to them. We've altered them. Turn them into water instead of farmland. Put in seawater. Killing in the cities. Riots. BLM. Antifa. Burning down cities. Killing innocent people. Why? Because we don't hearken to the voice of God any longer. And lawlessness rules and reigns. Curse shall thy basket in thy store. Curse will be the fruit of the body and the fruit of thy land the increase of thy kind and the flocks and sheep. Cursed shall thou be when you come in and cursed will you be when you go out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursings, vexation and rebuke and all thou settest thy hand to do until you are destroyed. We're going to go on and it doesn't, it goes on and on and on. Get my book, The Science of Judgment. It doesn't matter at one point if you pray, cry or fast. I will bring judgment. The nation's gone too far. The plumb line is set, and you've broken it. The Lord shall send upon thee cursings, vexation, rebuke, until you're destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of your doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. We must never forget that God's covenant with mankind is everlasting and conditional. Everlasting. Before the Jewish nation, before the Hebrews, God would have used Israel to deliver the gospel to the world, but they disqualified themselves as a nation. They rejected the Messiah. Now God uses whosoever believes in him, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's covenant be is not between equals, but between God himself and mortal man. The creator with the created, God first Gave the covenant to Adam, then to Noah, then to Abraham, and now to Abraham's descendants. I am Abraham's descendants, a father of many nations. I am grafted in. I'm a child of the covenant. You are too, whether you believe it or not. Because if you don't, these things will happen to you, and they're happening to America, and they don't know why. Because they're breaking the covenant. Genesis 17, 4 tells us, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Again, God tells us that it is his covenant, and that Abraham is the father of many nations, not just Israel. 
God warns us clearly that he allows whosoever is worthy to be a trustee of his covenant. Hebrews 4.2 reads, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith to them that heard it. We must accept it, follow it, believe it. It becomes part of our soul. We'll mind in our emotions. If it's part of your soul, you won't stress out. You won't cause diseases by stress. Galatians 3, 28 through 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And if you be in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a child of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have the covenant of God. I can be the head and not the tail. I can be blessed and not cursed. This nation might come under judgment, but for me and my house, if we serve the Lord, God can bless us. God can protect us. God can heal us. The scriptures warns us about the full cup of iniquity. When God's mercy and grace runs its duration, then God's anger and wrath boils over and his judgment starts to fall. Judgment is first meant to lead to repentance, redemption. If the person is beyond redemption, God's judgment is finally for total destruction. God sends an utter destruction upon people and nations when their wickedness takes them beyond redeeming love. There is a point of no return when the unpardonable sin has been committed. Even this is mercy and grace. Because if God did not utterly destroy the unrepentant, then extended mercy only allows evil and violence needlessly to continue, suffering to continue upon the innocent. That's why there has to be eternal separation. That's why there's a hell and a heaven. God will not allow this insanity to continue throughout eternity. God breaks his silence when a person, city, or nation reaches a level of certain wickedness. He uses one or more of his judgments. Ladies and gentlemen, help us now. Join Eagle Saving Nations, worldministries.org, the website. Watch this and order the book, The Science of Judgment. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, 
man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. Shannon? Dr. Hansen, another home run for Jesus. Powerful broadcast today. Dr. Hansen, if someone would like to support World Ministries International, what's the best way they can do that? Also, give out your mailing address, please. Our mailing address, if they want to send a check, address it to WMI, WMI. They can either put on the envelope WMI or World Ministries International, PO Box 277, Stanwood, S-T-A-N-W-O-O-D, Washington, 98. Once again, WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Now, even if they want to join Eagle Saving Nations, still put on the check, WMI, and in the lower corner, just put ESN, so we know you are joining Eagles Saving Nations. My phone number is 360-629-629. 5248-360-629-5248-360-629-5248. They can go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org, worldministries.org. They can pay by many, many means, credit cards, PayPal, Zelle. I'll tell you what, we take it all. And we need as much as we can get. Frankly, we've been going into the red. We need to expand more and more, not pull back. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. They're trying to topple this state. If they topple America, I'll tell you what, the world falls too. We need your backing and prayers and support. This is a battle you can get in. Truth is not being preached very much. We need to get in this battle. We need to do everything we can to represent the truth of Jesus Christ without compromise and spoken fearlessly. Once again, may God richly bless you. Shannon? My friend, what an honor it is to be here with you every week. I really mean that. We're looking forward to next week with you. We love and appreciate all of you. We'll see you again soon. Thank you, Shannon. God bless you. Thank you, sir. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.